It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to Calvary Live, the program where you, the listener, get to call in with your questions and prayer requests. I'm your host for today's program, Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, so you can give me a call at that number you just heard, 303-690-3000. Lines are open. Grab one of those open lines, and I would love to go to the Word of God with you as uh, we uh, look at uh, the Word of God to give you the answers um, to your questions, to go to Him personally as you ask for prayer. And so I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners today. It's a beautiful day along the Front Range uh, from Pueblo all the way up in the southern Wyoming. And then also for the Hope FM listeners on the East Coast, you too can call at this time. You're a week delay in the program, but you can call at this time, and uh, they will take your questions. You'll be on the air and the neat thing is you get to listen in next week uh, when it uh, plays uh, on the East Coast um, as you're, as I said, a week delayed. Also, online listeners, you can call in as well. we got online listeners uh, listening in all around the country. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the Word of God. Uh, I'd love to give some clarity, if I can, understanding to your questions as we go to the Word of God together, and also to be able to encourage you uh, if you need prayer. And I know that there are listeners out there, you need prayer, and I'd love to pray with you and minister to you in that way, because that's what this show is about. It's about ministering to you, all of you that are listening. Maybe you have a question that you have that uh, maybe some other listeners are wondering the same thing. So uh, I'd love to just uh, be a blessing to you on this afternoon. We are in the season of Thanksgiving, and uh, I want to read to you from Psalm 105. Psalm 105, uh, the psalmist writes, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name, and let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face, evermore. Remember his marvelous works, which he has done. And so I just want to encourage you here today um, that as we are into the season of Thanksgiving, as we are in the season of Christmas that will be coming up on us, we talk a lot about joy and peace and goodwill and Thanksgiving. And there may be some of you out there that you're just kind of having a hard time uh, thinking, I have no peace. I, I feel like I don't have anything to be thankful for. I, I, I don't have that joy in my heart. I, I love Psalm 105 because Psalm 105, when we don't know what to do or what should I do so I can have that peace, so I can have that joy uh, that it seems like other people have. I want to have uh, that joy and peace and goodwill in my heart uh, during this season as a Christian. And Psalm 105 tells us what we can do. Uh, and that is in verse 1, as I read it to you, to give thanks. All of us as Christians have a reason to give thanks, to be able to give thanks for our salvation, that we are a forgiven people, that we have the promises of God. And maybe you're going through a difficult time and a difficult season, 
And uh, yes, the hurts in life, the struggles, the challenges, but you have a reason to be thankful. And then in verse 1, to call upon him. And you can call upon the Lord and make known his deeds, what Jesus did on the cross for us. And then in verse 2, it tells us to sing to him. In your heart, just give that praise to him. And then in verse 3, glorify his name and then rejoice. And rejoice in your heart uh, that you have eternal life and that you are one that is forgiven and belong to a kingdom that lasts forever. And then in verse 4, seek him. That is twice we can seek him. And we're to seek his word and seek him with all of our hearts. And then verse 5, remember. Remember um, his works and what he has done. So uh hope that's an encouragement to some of you that are out there. We're going to actually be talking about this, Psalm 105, in our Thanksgiving Eve service. Uh, that is tomorrow, uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and uh, we would love to see you come um, and join us if you have opportunity to do that. But let's go ahead and let's go to the phone lines. Before I actually do that, I want to give you the text line. There is a text line for you to be able to call in your questions uh, or actually text in your questions, excuse me, and the, and um, that number is 720-336-0897. Again, that is a text line. No one will answer that line, but you can text in your questions at 720-336-0897. The phone line to be live on the program, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Violetta in Greeley. Hi, Violetta, how are you? I am good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I just have a question about the Bible. Um, okay. Does it say, okay, in the Bible, does it speak about anything about, uh, oh, like cremation and stuff like that? No, it doesn't mention cremation. Do you have a specific question about cremation? Is it okay for a Christian to be cremated after they die? Yeah. It's, yeah. Because I get that question oftentimes. And, and there are those who teach that you shouldn't be cremated uh, when you die. First of all, Violetta, I want to let you know that the Bible says it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. Um, it, it It's important to understand that uh, because there are those who have this extreme view for some reason that uh, you should not get uh, cremated, uh, that if you do, uh, that you won't go to heaven. Well, it's not determined whether we go to heaven uh, after we die. It, it's before we die, all right, mm-hmm. to make that okay. decision for Jesus Christ. So always remember that once we die, it's too late to make that decision for Jesus Christ. Um, it's appointed once for man to die and, and then the judgment. And so second of all, um, there's nothing in the Scriptures that I see that prohibits being cremated. And I so think you can? Cre- I mean, and, you, yeah, there, you can make that like you, you well, to here, do it. Yeah, here's the thing. It speeds up the process that what is going to um take place if, you know, a body is put into the ground, it decays. Cremation speeds that process up and um so, you know, at the time of the resurrection, the Lord knows every one of those molecules uh of the body is going to be resurrected. So, um for the family, to a lot of families, and I've done a lot of memorial services, that cremation is um, less expensive. And there's there's costs in doing a funeral. There's costs in um, you know having a, a graveside or a, a casket. 
is much more than if you do cre- cremation. So, um, you know, okay. what's important is we make a decision for Jesus Christ before we die. And, you know, think about it, Violetta. I mean, really, you think, you know, you're up in heaven because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And you're up in heaven with the Lord. You're with Jesus uh, because you came to him in faith. And all of a sudden the Lord says, oh, sorry, you got to leave because uh, your family decided to cremate you. I mean, that's that's silly thinking. And um, so... So the thing is, rest in, in your salvation, rest in what the Lord is doing. Now, there are some people that have the conviction they don't want to be cremated. That's fine, and that's their conviction that they have. But there's nothing in the Scripture that I see that prohibits it. All right? All right, Violetta, good question. All right, let's go to Alex and Greeley. Hey. Hi. Alex, uh, how are you? I, I had a question. I'm a senior theology student at Colorado Christian University, and in my systematic theology class right now, we're going over the historical Adam, and I Uh just wanted to get your opinion about the historical Adam, whether it's imperative that we believe Adam and the Genesis account is historical or not, what implications that would have on our faith, because, I don't know, it's a new idea to me, and I haven't had much time to consider it yet. Really, and you know what I'd be interested in, Alex, is kind of what uh, what, what you're learning because there are some denominations, some uh, theological schools that are dismissing the first eleven chapters of Genesis, saying it's not inspired, um, it's not really uh, real, it's just a story to kind of tell us about how man got started, um, and I think um, that. It's tragic that churches are believing that, and I think it's tragic that Christians are being told that. And I'll tell you why. Because when we look at the account of Adam and and Eve and the historical account that they were created, Jesus puts his stamp of approval on it, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. So... He, they came, they asked him questions um, about marriage, and he went, and he quoted from Genesis chapter 2. He said, you have heard from the beginning that he made them male and female, and a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So Jesus puts his stamp of approval on the historical um, account of Adam and Eve and in the garden, and when he brought them together, and he would institute that covenant of marriage. So I believe it's very important to understand the account of Adam and Eve. Plus, can you think of any other uh, writers of the New Testament that mentions Adam and Eve? Uh, Particularly Adam. Off the top of my head, no, I can think of people that mention Noah as historical, and even the first three chapters. Well, you go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, Paul makes a very important uh, point, and this is so critical, that he says that because of Adam's sin, death and sin came into the world. So that is the account. That account right there not only puts the stamp that Paul believed in Adam, that he sinned in the garden, and because of that, it was exactly as the Lord said, sin and death came into the world. But the last Adam, Jesus Christ, has come to give us life because of his righteous act. So I believe it's very important for us to to know that from Genesis 1-1, 
to Revelation twenty two twenty one, even as Paul would say to Timothy that all Scripture is God-breathed, it's inspired by God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And those who are dismissing the Genesis account of Adam and Eve and the first 11 chapters or whatever, or the creation account, I think it's, it's tragic, and I think it's um, something that um, we need to consider, that Jesus put his stamp of approval on it. We know that even Paul goes back to it. And here's the important thing for you, Alex, and I'm just going to kind of throw this out because you are a theology student you know, at, at a Christian university, is that there are those who uh, hold on to evolution, and, and many pastors believe in evolution, and what they're saying is that there was death that came before Adam sinned in the garden. And what they're saying is that now that, um, you know, it's God's fault that there was death, rather than when the Lord said to Adam, if you eat of that tree— you know, of the knowledge of good and evil, that you shall surely die. Adam didn't know what that meant because he had never seen death. And so because Adam sinned, Paul comes along in Romans chapter 5. He says that sin and death has spread to all men because all have sinned. And because all have sinned, there is the promise there in Genesis chapter 3 of the Messiah that would come, and that's all part of that account, too, of, of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden and in the beginning. So does that help you out? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I generally agree with you that the fact that the New Testament writers affirmed a historical um, Adam and Eve kind of helps me and, affirm it as well. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing, Alex. It's not really agreeing with me. Are you going to agree with what the Bible has to say? Because you know, one of the I've taught New and Old Testament survey to high school students. And one of the very first verses that I have them memorize is Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. That all Scripture, not most Scripture, not some Scripture, but all Scripture, and all in the Greek means all, is inspired by God. And that's what um, that I believe from Genesis one one clear to the end of the book of Revelation. So, you know, stick to the Word of God and uh, believe the Word of God. And as you go through it, you know, there are those who try to dismiss Jonah, and Jesus puts his stamp of approval on Jonah, um, things like that. And just be careful the higher critics that come along to try to take away or dismiss the Word of God. All right? Yep, I appreciate it. You bet, Alex. Good question. All right, keep studying the Scriptures. All right, thank you for your call. All right. 303-690-3000, and would love to hear from you to answer your questions. Always stick to the Word of God. There are those who are out there that will try to dismiss the Word of God. Did it really happen? Um, you know, if I'm going to believe uh, some uh, somebody who claims to be a scholar or Jesus, I'm going to believe Jesus because uh, he's the creator. He, in him, Colossians chapter 2, is hidden all the churches, treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So always keep that in mind. Hey, we got another call from Greeley, Adrian from Greeley. It's great to hear from the Greeley folks. Adrian? Hi, how you, you doing, you? Pastor? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Praise the Lord. Good. Yeah, God is good, isn't he? Yeah, and and, and um, I'm calling because I have, I'll, to be honest with you, Pastor, um, I'm dealing with an addiction. And I'm okay. going to talk a little bit about uh, 
my personal life, if you don't mind, before I get to like the question that I want to ask you, if you got okay. a couple minutes, we just yeah, if you can give a short kind of summary and you don't have to go into details, no, but just kind of like, what you're dealing with. with you, like I've been dealing with uh, pornography since I was like ten because I had seen one of my brothers doing something in the bathroom, and then I'm also um, dealing with like marijuana and. I've been a Christian since, like, I could remember, like, in my teen years, my God, dad, like, brought me in the ways of God. But that's the thing that I'm dealing with right now. Like, how do I overcome my addiction as far as, like, not feeling guilty? And, like, am I, do I, am I still safe as far as, like, even as, as, as I'm trying to grow out of this and just dealing with these battles? Right. That I'm going and he, and, yeah, Adrian. And, Go ahead. Hey, Adrian. Yeah, here's that's really the concern I have because I've I've given my life to Christ, but I know I'm right. supposed to. I feel guilty at the same time. I know I'm not supposed to live, be living this way, but right. I've been dealing with this throughout my life, and I just wonder if I'm actually saved and if I'm actually like, you know, gonna go with Christ if He was to come for His church. Okay, here's the thing, um, Adrian. That we come to Christ, we become a new creation in Christ, uh, we have the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, but we still war with the flesh. Um, and that's what Paul writes about in the book of Galatians. He writes about how, um, and I'm going to turn to it here, in Galatians chapters 5 and 6, he's writing about that that, that spiritual war that we go through, um, and he encourages us to walk in the Spirit. He says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. And that's what's happening to you. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And he goes and he talks about the works of the flesh. But here's the thing. You war against the flesh. You have the enemy that's trying to tempt you. You have the flesh that rears its ugly head. You have the world that comes against you as well. That's our, our battle that's there. And what you're to do is to to ask the Lord for help as and to walk in the Spirit. That means to make sure that you're saturating your mind not with those things that are polluting your mind. And Paul talks about a lot in his epistles, in Ephesians and Philippians particularly, that you're to renew your mind. In Romans he does, renew your mind um, is what we are told to do. Um, that we are to have... the thing, brother, like, I don't mean to interrupt you, I'm really sorry. Because I do do that, brother, and that's where, like, that's where I feel so guilty because, like, let's just say that there is days and there is days where I'm just like, I hear a lot of the grace and fame word, and I'm just so encouraged because it really helps me out a lot and it's helped me come a long way from where I was. And to be honest with you, brother, like, there's days where I do do that and I'm just strong, and then all of a sudden, like, I, I have a little slip up and I just go down on myself, and that's where I'm just like, man, am I just, am I really saved yeah. or not? And am I yeah. just like, well, why do I end up back in square one? And then I just try to encourage myself again, and it's just a battle that I've had, and I just wonder, yeah. like, if I'm still saved, that's where I want to have my security on, that even right. through the battle that I'm going through in my life, eventually, like, I know I got to let the Spirit take completely control of my soul and my mind, and that's the battle I'm in right now, but... Am I saved while I'm in going through that process? 
Right. You, you, you're saved. You're being convicted is what you are. John comes along in his epistle, and he says, if we sin, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans chapter 8 tells us that we who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. And Paul writes that after he talks about the battle that he has had with the flesh. He says, I do things that I shouldn't do, and I'm doing things that I shouldn't do. And then he goes on and he says that who shall deliver me from this, you know, um, this wretched body of mine, you know, he talks about those battles. But what I was trying to get across, that you are saved, it's still a battle, but we are to do certain things to walk in that holiness and to walk in that righteousness that's going to help you, and that is renewing your mind with the Word of God, that, as Paul even writes, that make sure that that you— by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, what you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So listen, you're being convicted, you're struggling with some sins, some carnalities, and it's every moment, it seems like at times, every day, um, that you go to the Lord, you have forgiveness. Jesus Christ died for your sins. And uh, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, according to First John. And you keep in the Word, keep bringing in the Word of God into your mind, the things of God, the praises of God, and then that's going to help you. And you see, as we journey through life, uh, we never reach sinless perfection, but we should be sinning less as we grow in the Lord. Okay? Does that help, Adrian? Uh, can you do a little small prayer for me, please, brother, me and my family? Yeah, really I'd love to. That, brother. You bet. Father, I pray for Adrian. He He's struggling in certain areas. I pray that you would free him, that you would just fill him with your Holy Spirit right now, that he would know that he belongs to you, that, that um, he can be secure in his salvation. But, Lord, in this sanctification, I pray that you would, Lord, do that work as he walks in the Spirit, to those things that grips his heart, that pollutes his mind, that, Lord, he would be free from that. And, Lord, to keep renewing his mind with the Word of God, to walk with you, to get rid of anything that he's looking on or using to that causes him to sin or hanging out anywhere, whatever the case may be, that, Lord, that he would make that decision to, to keep his mind focused on you, to take in the Word of God, the things of God. And Lord, I pray for Adrian that you would just encourage him in that, that you love him and that you're desiring to do that work in him. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. You bet. All right, Adrian, hang in there, okay? 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let me give you that text number again if you want to text in a question, and that is 720-336-0897. You are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs with you today from Calvary Chapel Greeley, and we've had some uh, good questions coming in. Let's go to Nick in Denver. Nick, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, how Nick, are you doing, you Pastor Jeff? Good, how are you, Nick? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Today's my Friday. After six weeks straight, I finally get a day off, so I can't, I can't complain. Oh, that's great. Um, so I have a question for you. Um, I was at, I work out in the oil field, so there's a lot of uh, uh, very macho men, very uh, alpha males out there, and uh, it's a 
it's a it's a it's a hard industry to work in, but you know I'm staying pretty yeah. strong. And we were in a Good. we were getting into a kind of a, a, a debate um, for myself. Uh, I'm a Marine, and I fought in the, I fought in Iraq for about two and a half three years, and uh, um, there there were there were times where uh, other lives were taken, but the debate st- uh, started where uh, murder is still murder in combat, and I don't agree with that. I, I really, I strongly disagree with that. I just don't know where in the Bible it says that. Right. Right. And first of all, Nick, I just want to say thank you for your service. And um, I'm thankful for your service and all those who have served and uh, those that are serving presently. Um, just had a young man uh, come back just a couple of days ago from a tour in Syria and in Iraq and I can't wait to see him and um, just to, to be able to encourage him and bless him. But Nick, what I want to do is take you to Romans chapter 13. And, and Romans chapter 13 kind of talks about that very thing. that says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. And therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. He goes on and he says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do you what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. There are times where the Lord says, and this is not only for those who are defending our nation, but for the first responders that go out, our peace officers that go out, that wear the badge, that have the shield on, um, that um, are going out and that are protecting us. And as you protect our nation, and as you are protecting our way of life, um, I think that God here says that you're God's minister and um, for good. And um, I'm very thankful uh, for the brave young men and women uh, that uh, um, are there protecting our way of life, um, and I'm very thankful for our first responders that are there. You know, David would write in the Psalms, Lord, that you trained my hands for war, and he was a warrior, and he was what, one what, that— uh, what, what Psalms is that? Um, I'll have to look it up for you, and— okay. um, and I'll find it for you, but because uh, um, I was just reading it the other day, I should be able to pop it, you know, in for you um, out of my mind, but I can't. But um, I'll find it here. Um, but David talks about you. You trained my hands for war, and I will find it here. Uh, okay. Let me try this. But anyway, does that help you out, Those the scripture that I gave you? Yes, it does. It definitely does. Um, yeah, they, uh, I, I, I can come back with my own opinion um, as much as I, I want to them, but it seems like this is not working, and I'd rather, every time I pull out a Bible verse, it always kind of gets them all real quiet. They don't really want to talk to me anymore. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. that and, definitely works. You know, there is a difference in that, um, and... Um, you know, between murder and then those who, um, who you know, are trained to defend their nation, to go to war, 
Psalm 144, uh, it is the Psalm of David. He said, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, and my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge. And so David talks about how the Lord trained him and all that. So um, Psalm 144 is the text there. And I believe there's somewhere else that... Yeah. He, okay. And there, and I believe there's somewhere else that he says it too, and I'll have to look that up. But um, Psalm 144 is where he says, you train my hands for war. All right? All right. Thank you very much, Pastor. I really appreciate hey. it. And, uh, God bless you guys. Uh, you guys are doing all a right. great job on this uh, radio station. Thanks. You bet. Thanks for calling and appreciate it. Hey, you hear the music. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you on this beautiful day along the Front Range in Colorado. Love to hear from you guys out on the East Coast on the Hope FM radio network. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. We have some open lines, and let's talk about the the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of God to find answers, uh, to be able to pray with you, and uh, I'd love to be able to converse with you um, as you call in the things that are on your heart and the things that matter to you. Text line is 720-336-0897. That is a text line. You can text in a prayer request or a question as time uh, is allowable. We will go to that text line. But Angie has been waiting. Let's go to Angie on line two. Angie? Hi. Um, I was just calling to encourage Adrian. I um, okay. could hear that he's been, you know, he's, his, he's really disturbed about, you know, what's going on in his life and doesn't seem to have victory. And I just wanted to encourage him to, and I don't know if he's already, he needs to be in a men's group and he ha- so that he's accountable to his brothers in Christ that are struggling with those same issues, um, you know, because it's hard to do it by yourself. Um, it is. You have to community, and that he has to train himself to desire God more than he desires to, um, you know, meet his needs and his, you know, through other means, um, and that, you know, you have to just desire something more and want those other things less. And that, that's a process, of course. Right. But I just, you just needed to be in community yeah. with other people. Uh, otherwise, he'll just be struggling. So, right. Right. And Angie, Angie, you bring up, you're kind of broken up a little bit, but I got the gist of what you were saying. But you say something very important. That's why the body of Christ is so important. And, you know, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us um, not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. So you bring up an important point of being with other brothers and sisters because we can strengthen each other and exhort each other, correct each other. Um, you know, it, there's strength in numbers. One of the tactics I really believe of the enemy is try to isolate Christians. Uh, 
to oh, isolate yeah. them, you know, to where they're all alone. And it's kind of like I, I've I've used this example before, but my family and I, we love to go up to Yellowstone, especially in the springtime in May when the uh, grizzlies are coming out, hibernation, when the wolves are there um, in the Lamar Valley and the the mountains are full of snow. So there's a smaller space for them to be in that valley. And it's interesting when we go there and we watch the wolves uh, that they will use a tactic of when they go after some elk, they go after uh, whatever the case may be, they try to isolate that animal. And they isolate that animal and they pick that animal off, the weakest, the, the, the one that lags behind. Um, and that's what the enemy does. Even as Peter says, he's like a roaring lion, uh, Satan is, seeking whom he may devour. And what he wants to do is try to isolate us. So you bring an important point of a man's study, a man's group is so important to be able to have those men that you can talk to and have pray with you and understand that, you know, uh, we all have struggles and to be accountable to that and develop those relationships. And then you said something else that was very important, Angie, and that was is that to grow in your love for the Lord, to come to the point where you just hate sin. And I think Adrian, he does, he hates it. He struggles with it, as he was saying. He's convicted of it, but just where you hate it and you love the Lord and and you don't want to do anything to hurt the Lord, and, and that's walking in the Spirit. And that is, Lord, you know, I just, this is, you look at it where it's ugly and um, I, I don't want it in my life, and that's a process as well. So you bring out a couple uh, great and uh, encouraging things for all of us to consider. Right. I appreciate and it. And you know, so John Piper, I really like um, desiringgods.org, I think it is. And he said, Sin is what you do when you're not satisfied with God. And we have to make the Lord the sole satisfaction of our lives. Otherwise, these addictions become things, the idols that we, we replace God with, and they have to be demolished. And uh, they don't go easily, uh, you know, and that's why we need people to be really doing some warfare and spiritual warfare to get people out of bondage and because they're in slavery. And right. so have to be set free. Um, so I, I just want to encourage him to just get try to get past the point where you don't love God enough to um, resist the temptation. All right. Appreciate it, Angie. All right. You're a thing. All right. I just, you know, encourage him, and I'll be praying for you, Adrian. All right. Thank you, Angie. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000. We do have open lines. We've got plenty of time on the show for you to be able to call in and to uh, ask questions or give a prayer request. Love to hear from you. Let's go to Susan in Wiggins. Hi, Susan. Susan, are you there? Okay, Susan from Wiggins, you got a prayer request. Love to hear from you, Susan. I don't think in almost three years that I've been doing um, Calvary Live here that I've gotten a call from Wiggins. And Wiggins, if you are out there wondering, where is Wiggins? Wiggins is actually just east of Greeley, uh, about 40 miles, and um, just a wonderful, wonderful little town out there. 
uh, right when I believe you get into Morgan County. And Grace FM, the signal is so strong here in northern Colorado that it gets clear out to uh, Brush and uh, in Fort Morgan, even past there to about Marino and almost to uh, Yuma out there. And so um, just so glad to hear you guys out on the eastern plains out there in northeast Colorado calling in. And, of course, love to hear from you. So, Susan, if you get a chance, Susan, are you back with us? Susan? How are you, Susan? Yes. Good. What can I I do for you? Well, um, I I have a prayer request for my sister-in-law, Deb. She's been sick for two years with fighting cancer, and and now they— they got rid of the cancer, but she's got a lot of other problems that she's dealing with. Okay. And we're praying for healing. Of uh, she keeps bleeding, and they have to have blood trans. She has to have blood transfusion. And so she's in the hospital in Denver. And so we sure would like to have her out of the hospital if it's possibility and healing. Okay, absolutely. My brother. Takes, my brother um, been taking care of her and it's been a little hard on him too okay all right let's pray father susan has called in i thank you that um that we can come before the throne of grace and and your word says that we can come um with our requests our supplications to cast our cares upon you because you do care for us and you care for deb um who's struggling with cancer other health health issues that come with it. And Lord, I pray that you would touch her, that you would bring healing to her, that Lord, that you strengthen her body, that you bring comfort to her, that she would perceive your presence. Um, And Lord, that um, she, uh, Lord, would um, just receive that touch from you in every way. And Lord, I pray you be with Susan's brother who's been taking care of her and um, of his wife. And Lord, I pray that you would um, just strengthen him and give him wisdom and comfort that he needs. So Lord, show yourself strong on behalf of Deb. Um, I pray that you would um, bless her. And Lord, that um, we do come in the name of Jesus and ask for your healing touch upon her. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Susan. God bless you. Thank you. You bet. All right, let's go to Katie and Greeley. Katie? Hi, Pastor. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Good. Uh, it threw me off here being on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm filling in for Pastor Nick, and oh. it's always a pleasure to 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 be here, you know, any day of the week. I usually do Tuesday, but... And it's always a pleasure to hear from all the callers coming in from Greeley today. It's wonderful. Well, caught us off guard here. Um, <laughs> Pastor, I just, in the discussion of sin, I, I wonder if, if the Lord looks at sin that we are repent of and, and fall into every day, um, just in our normal lives, differently than He looks at what you've referred to as continual, habitual, intentional sin. Well, I think that habitual, continual sin, that Paul gives a warning in 1 Corinthians 6, also in the book of Galatians, 
that those who practice such things, you know, he lists those um, fornication. Um, I'll read it to you. You're, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with it because um, we've gone over it before. Right. Um, but but here, um, and I think it's important for us to, to understand this, that he says, that, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, nor uh, be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, nor drunkards, revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So what he says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are habitually, because you use that word, continually practicing those things, there's a warning in Scripture that is given. Also in Galatians, he talks about the works of the Spirit in those things. But it's interesting that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul then in verse 11 says, and such were some of you. You came out of this. It came out yes. of these 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 sins, but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. So as a Christian, we are forgiven. We've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, but we still struggle yes. in that sanctification process. Mm-hmm. And we can struggle in, in those sins, and there is forgiveness, but he still is calling us to holiness. He's still calling us to righteousness, uh, to walk in that way. He's, he's, I think confession, Katie, is very important for us to consider. And um, confession means to be in agreement with. I'm in agreement with you, Lord, that I have sinned, and this is wrong. I have transgressed. I have m- missed the mark. I have crossed the line. Uh, I have violated your word. And confession means that you are saying that I agree with you, God. It's not making excuses. Uh, it's not saying, well, um, I sinned, but, uh, you, you know, that person, it's their fault, or uh, whatever the case may be. That's what Adam did. You remember the Lord came right. to Adam and said, right. Adam, you know, did you eat of that tree? Well, it's that wife you gave me. He made excuses, <laughs> but... Um, you know, we are to confess, to be in agreement, and and then uh, ask the Lord for help to free us from those struggles of the flesh and those sins that we have. And and people struggle with different things. There are some sins that some people struggle with that others don't. There, it seems like they come to Christ, they're immediately kind of healed from those things. Um, they are uh, free from those things, but other things they, they kind of struggle in, and that's part of the sanctification process. And um, it just shows how much we need Jesus. We need the Spirit of God working in our lives to yeah. give us the power to live that life after Him. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was just a question that came up in my mind, because I know that you have referred to the continual habitual intentional sin, and... I know we fall into it every day. Um, planning it seems like it's maybe not such a good idea. So I well, just wanted to here, here's he, Yeah, here's the thing, Katie. You know, those, those things of the heart, you know, um, that, you know, of lust. There's the things of the heart that we struggle with, you know, with anger or attitudes or unforgiveness. Uh, those things are real. And um, that's why, you know, Jesus said that if you look at another with lust, you're guilty of adultery. If you hate a brother in your heart, you're guilty of murder. And, and the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount and him saying that, 
that your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. And I'm sure when the disciples heard that, they were floored. Yeah. I mean, who's more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees? But the whole point is we need the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, and I yeah. need him every day, and I need him to, to continually be changing my heart. Um, right. Because, Lord, my heart, just as Jeremiah says, is desperately wicked, and who can know it? The only one that can truly know it is the Lord. And right. um, and he's the one that changes our hearts and that sanctification process. Um, you know, it's interesting, Katie, I was looking at this, um, the, the Psalms particularly talks about a clean heart and then talks about a pure heart, right? Yes. Those are t- two different things. You know, we have a clean heart as we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, as, you know, we come to him. But, you know, I don't know that I can say I have a pure heart. Right. I don't have the confidence to really say that because— I still struggle with things. I get angry, attitudes, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And that's what I pray for. Lord, I, I want a pure heart. I want to know you and walk with you and have that pure heart for you. And um, the Lord's still working in me. Absolutely. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. very thankful that he continues his work. Yeah. All right, Pastor. Too. Well, I thank you very much for that, for that clarification. And you bet. You bet, You have a great rest of your day. You too. All right. Thanks for calling. Okay. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs from Calvary Chapel Greeley. And we have another caller from Greeley, Mark. Mark, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, good afternoon, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Glad to hear it. Pastor, I... Wonder if I get a prayer for my wife. She is going into surgery in the morning, as well as a prayer for my father-in-law. He got diagnosed with cancer a month or so ago. Just okay. uh, pray that the Lord would ease his mind and give him comfort. But he, he, my father-in-law, understands it's all in God's hands. But right, as a human mind, as a human mind. Absolutely, it, yeah. It hasn't had a nerve, nervous, so. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and Mark, I'd love to pray for them. Um, anybody else to pray for? Well, I think uh, I called yeah. you months ago about my nephew, Lucas, and you put uh-huh. him in your prayer book, and I yeah. want to thank you for that. You can lift okay. him up in prayer as well. Okay, let's pray, Mark. Father, I just pray that... Um, for Mark, his his family, uh, he loves them. I can tell um, he's calling in for them. And Lord, we lift them up. We pray for Mark's wife that's going to have surgery in the morning. Lord, you know what she is going for surgery for. You know everything that um, needs uh, to happen for healing. So I pray for your healing touch, first of all that you would bring healing. And Lord, as she goes through surgery, using the doctors and the nurses to have a successful uh, surgery, Lord, that that you would help her with recovery. Lord, that you um, would just work, that it would be a testimony. They would see it and say, wow, God's working. So Lord, I lift up his wife to you, that you would, uh, Lord, just uh, 
bring healing to her in every way. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you would make her strong again. I pray for his father-in-law who's just been diagnosed with cancer. And Lord, it is a scary thing. And Father, I pray for your healing touch upon him. And and even though his father-in-law knows that you're in control, that not only would he trust in you, but rest in you as well. And Lord, just that rest that um, that we can just uh, look to you for everything, even when there's a sickness. So Lord, I pray that you would bring healing to him. You strengthen his body, that you would be with the the doctors and those who are consulting him. Um, if he's looking at treatment and where to go, and uh, Lord, if you use that to bring healing, that you would do that. But Lord, I commit him to you. And Lord, also Lucas that has been prayed for on this program. I pray that uh, you would continue to touch him and minister to him and show yourself strong on behalf of him. So, Lord, I pray for Mark that you would just uh, be with my brother. And, Lord, a lot going on right now. Do you give him the strength right now and the comfort that he needs? And, Lord, that you would give him wisdom to be able to minister to his wife, to his father-in-law, to Lucas. Um, Lord, that you would just uh, be with him to be an instrument of blessing and help in every way. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor, a little hey, bit thanks. of a praise report on Lucas. He, yeah. I told you that he had been through a couple heart surgeries, and yeah. boy, that little guy is a gem. <laughs> he he lights up the house. He lights up my brother's house. He goes yeah. 100 miles an hour. He oh, man. he gives my my brother praise and his God. wife their money's worth. He's a hoop. yeah. So yeah, what a I blessing! Thank yeah, and and. You know, thank you for giving me an update on that. And, you know, that just warms my heart. And, um, you know, Mark, we're going to be praying for your wife and praying for your father-in-law. Um, God is good. And we're just going to um, entrust them to him. And I appreciate your call. And we're going to continue to pray. Thank you, Pastor. Have a beautiful Thanksgiving. You too. All right. Goodbye. God bless you. You know, it is Thanksgiving, and as we're going through difficult times, we can be so thankful uh, for the Lord and what He does in our life. And we don't always understand everything that uh, comes into our lives, but uh, we can fall back on His goodness and His grace and His love. And um, and that's what I want to encourage you in, uh, to continue to look to Him, uh, give that Thanksgiving, even as we read from Psalm uh, 105, to praise him, to look to him, and um, to be able to, um, you know, just be able to be blessed um, in that way in our hearts as we go to the Lord. Well, we do have a little bit of time left on the show. If you want to give me a quick call, we'll take uh, your phone call at 303-690-3000. I'm going to look at some of the um, the text messages that have come in. There's one interesting that I did see that came in to to me. It says, why does it seem like God was so harsh with Saul, but not with David when he sinned? And um, you who text this in um, is referring to back in 1 Samuel, when Saul was the first king of Israel, God rejected him. And particularly when you read it initially, uh, when you see that Saul was told to to destroy all the Amalekites, and he didn't, he saved Agai and some of the sacrifices that were there, 
And Samuel came out to meet him. And in that, it was Samuel that said, you have disobeyed and the Lord has um, rejected you, Saul. And he's going to give uh, the, the kingdom to another that is the man after God's own heart. Well, we know that David had a heart after God, but David, when he sinned, he committed murder and he committed adultery. First adultery with Bathsheba, but then he came up with the plan to have Bathsheba's husband killed in battle. And so you can look at that, and I think that's why uh, this is being asked. Why did it seem like God was harsh on Saul? I mean, he almost killed all the Amalekites. He just saved that guy and some of the best sheep and the oxen. And yet, David, uh, he commits adultery and murder. Why didn't God, you know, deal as harshly with him? And the difference is this, that David repented. And you can read those Psalms of repentance, Psalm 32, Psalm 51, how the Lord uh, cried—David uh, cried out to the Lord, that is— and he said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. So he, I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is always before me. So you read that psalm, and David's just pouring out his heart to the Lord. Saul didn't do that. Saul was like when he was re, um, corrected by Samuel, the prophet, who said, Saul is better to obey than the sacrifice Saul was one uh, that uh, wanted to look good before the people. He's saying, listen, bless me before the people. And he was self-centered. He was wanting to look good. He had made an, uh, a monument there at Carmel uh, to himself when he went to battle against the Amalekites. So he, he turned inwardly. He really had not repented. And I think that's the big difference that you see with Saul and David um, is the mindset of the heart. And Saul, in his life, uh, turned out to where uh, he was um, focused on himself, wanted to elevate himself, and uh, he turned inwardly to where it caused him to go after David all those years. And so that's the big difference that we see with Saul and with David. And it's a good question that was asked because people oftentimes um, will ask that question, and it seems like that God kind of showed favoritism to David rather than showing uh, favor, you know, um, dealing with him. Uh, He was dealt with, and David went through some serious consequences because of his sin, Um, but uh, Saul didn't have the heart that David did, and that's why David was called a man after God's own heart. I've been looking at some of the text messages that have come in, and quite a few are asking for prayer for uh, marriages, And I just want to, because we only have a few minutes left in the program, to just pray for marriages that are out there. And uh, let's do that right now, and and then we're going to be ending the show. But, Father, I do pray so many that I see here text messages of those who are going through difficult times, uh, maybe through a divorce and the hurt, uh, those who uh, are wondering if they should get married. Uh, I, I look at this, and I see those who... Um, are, are praying for family members that are going through difficult marriages. Lord, first of all, I want to pray for all the marriages uh, that are out there, that those who are listening that are going through uh, difficulties and hardship and uh, are strained. Uh, I pray that you bring healing, that there would be a restoring work that you would do, that both husband and wife would desire to look to you 
that humble themselves, that come for counsel. And Lord, I pray for those who are really in difficult situations, that you would um, just give them wisdom and direction, knowing that you can work. Uh, Again, I pray for that healing. I pray for that restoring forgiveness that needs to be there. And I also pray for those, as I look on this text, there are a number of them that are wondering if they should get married or, um, uh, you know, if that's the direction they've gone. Lord, I pray that they would seek your will. And Lord, that we know that marriage is something that we've already talked about on this show that is... Um, a holy institution that you created from the very beginning, and it is God-ordained. And, Lord, that it's very much of a sobering thing to get married and probably the second most important decision. So those making decisions would turn to you, yield to you, look to your word in every way, um, that, Lord, that there would be a humbling to you and allowing you to be the true foundation of their lives. And for those who are working towards marriage, that there be purity in their relationship, and, and there would be um, a guidance and wisdom that is there in every way. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you for all that have called in. We're coming to the end of our show. It's been a wonderful show. And uh, also, uh, I'll be with you tomorrow at this time, and uh, maybe we'll take some calls to see what you're thankful for in this week of Thanksgiving. And so God bless you. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.